It's Thursday, January 20th, 2022, and this is Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. There's a new sheriff in town leading the charge to Spriker. Guido Jansen tells us about his new role with Spriker. Most interesting is that we learn a little bit about custom behavior and his role as a community builder and cognitive psychologist. Guido is a community engagement specialist using strategic insight and empathy to understand, inform, and strategically engage both a worldwide ecosystem and the internal stakeholders who serve them. He has done hundreds of presentations, workshops, seminars, and conferences in over 25 countries about several topics around e-commerce and psychology. And now, your free joke. Which actor drives the least? Christopher Walken. (laughs) The Talk Commerce Podcast is sponsored by Swift Daughter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Daughter. Swift Daughter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. My name is Brent Peterson, and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. Welcome to this new year. Today I have Guido Janssen, and he is with Spriker, and I'm very excited to talk to him. Guido, you are the global business and technology evangelist for Spriker, which in the blue room or the green room, we talked about that you're the Ben Marks of Spriker or the Ben Marks of Shopware or the Ben Marks of Magento (laughs) or whatever, however you want to say that. Why don't you do a better introduction than I just did and um, maybe tell us what you're doing day to day and and one of your passions in life. Oh, I have many passions, uh, Brent. (laughs) One of which is now uh, Spriker, indeed. Uh, Yeah, my background's in, um, well, I guess to, to, to try to... Um, compromises a bit. Uh, I have a background in, in psychology, uh, more the usability part of, uh, of psychology, optimizing, uh, web shops after that. I mean, the study itself at university, I'm, I'm not, I don't feel I'm that old, but at university, they didn't have a lot of, uh, online things going on <laughs> in terms of examples. So that was mainly about the usability of like a ticketing machine or a wayfinding in an airport, uh, how that works. Uh, but I always uh, applied this, uh, to online, to e-commerce. And um, uh, in, in started out with uh, things like Mambo and Joomla, 
wait, maybe I, maybe I am old, Mamba, <laughs> Joomla, and, uh, and and I switched gears to uh, to e-commerce and Magento in uh, 2008. Uh, that time when we were all playing around with uh, OS Commerce and VirtuMark, those kind of uh, things. That Magento came around, which was this magical thing that was way ahead of its time. Uh, and we all had uh, great fun, I think, uh, uh, playing around with that. And I um, uh, did that for, for 13 years. And uh, I think it's also uh, like 2010, 2011 that I met you. Uh, I think we met at uh, was the Moscone Center in, in San Francisco. Could be, yeah, yeah. The those... um, fabric, um, XCOM, X.commerce. <laughs> This will all be beeped out in the right. Yeah. In fact, eventual. I was just going through <laughs> all my. I was going through my old video, uh, just kind of getting stuff, getting my Mac cleaned up, and I found a a, a video of the in, the intro or the the welcome from the PayPal slash Magento slash whatever eBay people. Yeah. And it was us coming out of the the conference center and they all there's huge just all the employees lined up welcoming welcoming everybody to the event uh so it was definitely a well thought out event and it was it was fun you know how could you go wrong yeah. I, I don't know if uh, if the outcome was what they had expected but it was fun and, and a, a fun event <laughs> in 2011 <laughs> definitely yeah, e events were fun, right? Remember those? Yeah, <laughs> events were fun. Now we had a lot of fun with uh, with Magento. Organized a lot of stuff uh, uh, for Magento. Uh, we had the Me Magento in the Netherlands. That's that's kickstarted this whole global movement of uh, Me Magento events. And I've been lucky enough to uh, to attend uh, many of those uh, those firsts, which are the best, I think, to go to like those first events in a country where people have heard each other's names online on slack or on, on the forum but never met in person so all those awkward first meetings are those are great to to <laughs> to attend to and um yeah i uh, and that's also uh the magento ecosystem is also where i met uh boris uh boris Lockshin, the the founder of spriker uh and currently co-ceo of uh, spriker i think we met also in like 2011 2012 he had a magento agency and um some six, seven years ago, uh, when he started with uh, Spryker, uh, we kept in contact. And um, yeah, last year I was working at a Magento Merchant, actually, um, uh, Jacobs Dow Egbert's coffee company. And um, he approached me and uh, said, hey, we're, we're growing like crazy at Spryker. And we, we need someone like you uh, uh, doing, <laughs> doing community stuff. <laughs> uh uh at, at spriker we need something like that to to support that um i mean i, I don't think you you actually build this build a community i mean the community is there and does its own thing that that's what we see with magenta right uh but we need someone from spriker to facilitate uh what's happening out there uh, very similar indeed to what's uh what ben and sherry and before that ronda were doing uh doing a magenta so yeah that's the that's the tldr yeah, and I, I did. Um, I, I've I've interviewed my Mikael Turk uh, yeah. about Spriker, and you know it's an interesting and fun platform. And uh, one of the comments I had made early on was uh, about the the Hufa theme and how we're working on getting you know sub one second times. And he laughed at me and he said, "Yes, yeah, Spriker, we're working on you know sub four hundred millisecond times or something like that." So <laughs> um, it is an interesting platform and. Um, I'd love to dive into it a little more, but first let's, I, I, I know that you have been uh, involved in 
in conversion rate optimization. I think from an e-commerce yes. standpoint, that is one thing that it's often overlooked, especially a lot of clients will come to a technology partner and they'll say, hey, I want to build a fantastic website. Then they leave those, either the technology partner doesn't focus on that or the client doesn't see value in that. So can we like maybe just have a brief conversation around what does it mean for conversion rate and why is that and so why is that even more important than the platform you're on or the store build that you're doing or any of those things? Well, I think the I mean conversion rate optimization uh, traditionally well it's in the name it's it's a bit limiting it's it's a whole discussion in the zero community uh, uh, let's, let's first define what 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 it is so zero um, uh, it's it's about the practice of uh, semi or you know, semi scientific practice of figuring out what works for your online store. Um, which usually involves doing user research, uh, talking to users, doing surveys, translating those into uh, hypotheses on what could work and what's what's you expect uh, to be uh, better for for your store, uh, and then validating that through experiments. Usually, that's that's an A/B test. That's that's very short description of uh, of, of zero uh, these days, um, and. I think um, um, one of the things that that's, uh, is holding back uh, zero. It depends a bit on on the depends a lot on the on the on the the area you're in, the the business you're in. But for many companies, it's it's relatively easy to say what 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 the ROI is for uh, buying more ads, buying AdWords, right? Uh, this is what I put in. This is what I put out. That's that's very straightforward, and that's uh, something that then. People try to apply to zero, and that doesn't really work. Uh, zero is more of a long-term strategy, trying to figure out what works for your for your customer, and it's really hard to say at the end of the day, at the end of the year, uh, what came out of that exactly. Which is also a bit counterintuitive because we're doing an A/B test, so we can exactly say this is what version A is doing, this is what version B is doing. But over uh, the course of the year, like if, if you do three hundred or thousand experiments. Um, What's your contribution? I don't know, uh, uh, and that's that's uh, that's sometimes hard for managers <laughs> to get into, uh, and also it, it can also mean that you're not even growing, but it also can also mean that you're not going down. Uh, so your conversion rate stays the same, your numbers stay the same. If you're in declining business, uh, like a couple of last years, with if you're in uh, in uh, uh, selling holiday houses like Booking.com. Um, it, it's going to be really hard to increase your conversion rate uh, or the or revenue, uh, but you really need a team like this to understand. Okay, what are people still buying? What are the, the change in co uh, consumer behavior the last years? Um, companies that do zero well, uh, those are the ones that that can survive this. And um, if you just keep buying more ads, that's that's going to be. A very difficult thing to to maintain, I think. Yeah, I think with the, the Google mistake or the Google ad mistake or the paid ad mistake has always been, hey, let's just throw money at it, and money will also always get it there. And and sure, it's true, you can plow enough money into anything to make anything work, but there is a dimin diminishing return on that investment. And um, I think one thing we learned, I was part of the PayPal um, mobile optimization program for a year, and we did learn um, that. Number one, measuring and doing those tests matter, getting the merchant to get involved and see what's happening. And then I think what you said is um, 
you are either not propping up, but finding what works best for you and then even doubling down on that to make sure that you're putting that investment where it's really paying off, but learning things that are counterintuitive. And I think one of the things that we learned in the mobile optimization is some of the things that you would think would perform better perform worse when you think they should perform better. And I, I think from a you know, from a psychological standpoint or any any type of human behavior standpoint, for me, that's always very interesting to learn why uh, and why would why would something you would think perform better perform worse? And I and I think well for the mobile one, I think it was all about we're going from this desktop. People have a perception of desktop, and then people have a perception of mobile. And I'll just say in the Western world, I'll, I'll generalize. Most of the time, we're still on our desktop computer buying something. It's going more mobile, but you know, as compared to the emerging markets where it's maybe they don't even have a desktop and they're buying everything online. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and that that that's counterintuitive part saying okay, we we, we think this is going to work better, but it didn't. That's also a big part of of why zero can sometimes be a difficult conversation. Um, um, because with, with management, often zero is also then initially used just to prove whatever management wants it to prove. <laughs> and that doesn't always work. Uh, uh, for example, with, with Booking uh, that I just mentioned, it's, it's uh, uh, Booking.com, uh, it's, it's, uh, you, you can book hotel rooms there. It's, it's a big company worldwide. It's, uh, it's uh, based in the Netherlands originally, so that's why I use this as, as an example. Uh, they are, in, in the Netherlands, they, they are the example of, of running experiments. Um, but they they publicly said, okay, one in ten experiments is a success. So that that means even for that company, that's the pinnacle of A/B testing and and running experiments. They are really good at this, and even they, well, fail nine out of ten times. Fail as in uh, it doesn't go up, uh, doesn't increase your conversion rate or revenue or whatever you're optimizing for. So. You can imagine if, if if you don't have your processes in place or you're not as good as booking yet, that that number is not as good as one in ten, but might be one in twenty, one in fifty, or whatever. And um, that that that's also uh, I think part of why it's why it can be really hard to start um, for companies doing this because it, yeah, you really need to be dedicated. It's not just running a, a three tests a year and then hope. Uh, for the best, that's that's probably not um, uh, going to work for you. So that's that makes it a bit a bit harder than just buy more Google Ads. But yeah, you need to realize that uh, the, the traffic to your website that's part one. Part two is getting that people on those websites to convert to whatever you want them uh, to buy, and it's still a very important blocking factor if that's not uh, not good. And if you if you double um, uh, the amount of people converting on your website. That's probably going to stay double. Even if you stop uh, optimizing today, if you doubled it and you stop today, it's not going to be um, way worse tomorrow. Unless, like things with ads, if you stop buying ads today, you're not going to have any traffic anymore tomorrow. So that's going to be, um, I think, zero is going to be in the end. It's going to be a better investment. But yeah, I think that looking at um, at what people are doing there, the op the the alternative is not doing it, and then you don't even know, then you're really just sailing into a yeah. black hole without any knowledge yeah. or, or thought about what you're doing. So measuring it. And I think I've heard, you know, is it, uh, it's hypothesized. So you keep come up with some experiments, you observe those, you measure them and then adjust after. So even, even like you said, one in 10 or, or one in 20, those numbers mean that at least you've, you've found success in that little piece 
And um, normally, well, not normally, but let's just say in the business world, if you if you get a one in ten on a stock pick, and that stock pick does you know a thousand percent increase in your business or your your return, uh, that one in ten usually pays for the nine. And I think if if as we dig into CRO and we work in on those specific things with it, with clients and learn what is doing better, though that one in ten is going to give a payback. Yeah. And I I'm guessing Booking dot com does it because it gives them a payback, and of course they know their customers better. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, if you're into CRO, if you like I said uh, you're in an agency, you want to sell these things to clients. I think it helps. To frame it in a totally different way. Don't don't sell it as optimization. Uh, sell it as risk management, and uh, a, a way to prioritize your backlog. If if you run the experiments and you say, well, indeed, nine out of ten would not have worked. That may, that that means that you save money on implementing those nine things that would would not have worked anyway. Uh, so you don't have to implement them. Um, just implement the one that does work. Uh, and and you can also say. Uh, to those clients that uh, you, maybe you think you're not experimenting, but you're changing a lot of things on your website today and tomorrow and the day after. You still, basically, you're still experimenting. You just ha don't have any idea what the outcome is of the experiment. Right. <laughs> well, you, you know the overall sum. You know what happens at the end of the month when you look into your books. You 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 see, okay, this is what we sold, but you have no idea uh, which um, which of those experiments that you're. I don't know, that your content team or your design team, whatever they, uh, or development team, whatever they deployed, you have no idea what those individual um, uh, experiments uh, contributed to, to, the, to the whole. So you're not learning anything. Yeah, exactly. It's not something you can build upon. Um, all right, so let's tie this into Spryker. Um, we, we actually came on to talk more about Spryker than CRO, but uh, how... Um, <laughs> How we can do multiple episodes, Brent. It's fine. Okay, good, good, good. Um, so, how well, let's let's frame it around uh, Spriker and and your role. So, some of your role is is going to be helping clients, and some of your role is building a community. So, uh, it, it's a bit of a um, well, it, it might might feel like a bit of a career switch. So, I, I'm not, I won't be. So, for the last uh, ten years, I've been running those experiments, running zero programs, and actually uh, building teams that do this. Uh, so I won't be doing that at Spryker, at least not uh, not initially. Um, it's it's more about that community part. Uh, the, the thing I've also been doing with um, with Magento on the side for for thirteen years. Uh, that's what I'm gonna focus on uh, doing uh, doing for Spryker. But it still feels a bit um, it still feels a bit similar. So I'm not running A/B tests anymore, but I'm still trying to get the best possible feedback out of that community and uh, use that to make Spryker better. And it can be Spryker the product, can be Spryker uh, the services that we, that we offer. Uh, so in that sense, it's not that far from what I've been doing. It's, it, it won't be, um, um, it won't result in an A-B test on an e-commerce website, uh, but I still plan on running some experiments uh, with uh, the community to see what's what's working and uh, what isn't and, uh, and collecting that feedback. But yeah, building uh, or expanding facilitating the community that we have that's uh, that's the main goal uh, some of the things uh, that we have so we have a couple of subgroups within that community we already have like a, a partner advisory board for both the solution partners and the technology partners 
Uh, that's already running. I'm not involved with that. Uh, I'm currently working on uh, uh, seeding a uh, customer advisory board. So that's uh, existing customers, uh, getting them together, a couple of like, like 15 customers, getting them together and uh, on a regular basis and, um, and get feedback from them on, on how they use the system and, and help them um, communicate uh, with uh, Spryker in, uh, in a better way. Uh, so that's one thing I'm doing. The second one is... Um, um, regular user groups. So we already had the user groups at uh, Spryker uh, before the pandemic. Those are now being uh, continued um, on a remote basis. So we had uh, our first one uh, last month, which was uh, really fun um, doing that. And that's that's more aimed, not necessarily at, um, at the strategy level, there's more day-to-day -day users that are doing that. Uh, I mean, like most user groups are, uh, I guess. And a third one is that uh, I'm working on, um, um, yeah, I'm not sure about the name yet, but like a developer attraction and adoption group. So there will be people from from clients, from uh, solution partners and from Spryker itself to see, okay, what can we do um, um, to get to attract more developers, basically, uh, to Spryker. I mean, we've seen that with with Magento that it can be quite uh, the bottleneck uh, if you don't have enough uh, developers out in the world. So we have a, a great uh, academy team at uh, at Spryker. Um, we've got got some great courses to onboard people, both uh, for uh, people working in the back end, for developers itself, uh, or for people selling uh, selling Spryker. Those courses uh, that's something we have. Um, so also, I think a learning from um, I'm not the only one from Magento going to Spryker. Another uh, people with Magento background took care of uh, uh, making sure that Spryker has really good documentation. <laughs> so that's uh, that's been taken care of. Um, but the academy, of course, uh, um, only works if people know about Spryker itself. You need to uh, get those developers on board first, and um, so that, that's going to be part of that that third group that I'm working on to figure out. Okay, what can we do to onboard more people, uh, more developers, and uh, get them enthusiastic about uh, the platform? It remind me of the tech stack on Spryker. The the what is uh, it? The, the platforms on on tech PHP. PHP. Perfect. Yes. So a Magento developer could could transition into Spryker or fairly fairly easy. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I mean, um, m multiple have done so. So right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it seems to be. Um, um, you know, I think we've always said this with Magento. It seemed like Magento had run the course with eBay and. Um, then um, Mark Lavelle and the team came in and, and re reinvigorated the community. Um, yep. It seems like we're at another tipping point now. And it did an amazing job. At that. Yeah, absolutely. We're at, a, we're at another tipping point. And so it sounds like some of your role is to listen to what the community is saying and maybe not adjust commercial aspects of it, but at least adjust communication aspects. Would that be a good realization of, of part of your role? of how the community oh, is yeah, and yeah. Then react, not reacting, but uh, forming strategy and forward looking planning in to involve the community. Yeah. And of course I, that's something I experienced in the last 13 years with Magento myself, uh, being an active community member, but not, uh, work on the, I've never worked on the, on the Magento side itself. Uh, so I've seen some things that Magento did really well. I've seen some things, I think Magento could have done better. Uh, so, and that's that's definitely the part. And I, I, one of the first things I said uh, to Boris, whatever I'm going to do, I, I won't I won't have sales targets. 
<laughs> that's an important one. I mean, for, for this job to work, um, uh, people need to need to trust you, right? That, that they need to be able to come with you with with uh, open feedback, open um, open criticism about whatever uh, they think is important uh, for them to continue their journey with uh, with the products, and um, that shouldn't result in a in a call from the sales department next day saying, "Hey, yeah, why did you do that? Why did you say that?" <laughs> I, I've definitely, yeah, I've unfortunately or fortunately had those calls. It does get you. And uh, I, unfortunately, those calls do change a little bit of your direction as a, you know, as a, maybe even as an agency head or as a, or a community organizer in order to get money from the, not from the community, but from that entity. And Magento was very good at saying, we're never going to give you money for anything. So that was, that was easier, but you know, in in order to get people, let's just say, get people involved, there was a aspect of you you need to kind of toe the line, and I agree there has to be some kind of line that has to be towed in terms of don't you know don't bash us on stage and at a meet Magento event, which actually happens, and it should happen yep. when it's something that's egregious. Um, but there are you know I think there always has to be a commercial aspect to things and again so just to help educate me is there a community version of Spark or is it completely commercial? It's completely commercial. Uh, it's it's the, the source is open, uh, but it's not an open source license. <laughs> so the the full code is on uh, is available on GitHub for everyone uh, to see and to try and there's a. Uh, um, and if you're uh, like me, too lazy to install, it's uh, there's there's an, uh, there are demos available uh, for the different um, uh, markets that we serve. So we have B two B, B two C. We have we have marketplace uh, uh, solutions uh, available. Um, so that that's all there uh, for people to see. Uh, but if you want to uh, use the product, then uh, it becomes a commercial uh, license, and that's uh, fully based on either the items sold or the revenue. So it depends a bit on the, on the, on the business model and I guess on uh, what uh, uh, our sales team agrees with the client. Okay, <laughs> so it's a negotiable somewhat. Um, now, well, yeah, so, so they have, uh, it, it's not necessarily negotiable, but there are uh, levels that you can get to and then of course the, the relative price becomes lower. Yep, got it. Per sold item, yeah. Um, marketplace is, is certainly a, a, a big topic right now. Uh, everybody's trying to do a marketplace. Uh, you know, I think um, Magento has the way Magento is is engineered isn't great for marketplace applications. Um, so, tell us a little bit about how the marketplace would help a, a merchant. Yeah, and I think uh, what what's, makes Spryker great is that it's it really focuses on um, the, the non-standards. Um, uh, business models, uh, what, what Spryker calls the sophisticated uh, business models. And uh, usually with, specifically, I think with, with marketplace, I mean, with B2C, it's, it's usually straightforward and there are a lot of platforms uh, supporting that. And uh, then you go to B2B or to marketplace, usually, and like you said, with Magento, um, you often get into the area of a lot of customizations um, and uh, then you need a platform that that supports that. It's, it's, the, the business models get more and more, uh, diverge more and more when you go to B2B and, and marketplace and you need a platform to support that. So I think that's uh, one of the, the strengths of, uh, of Spryker. 
Uh, Spryker started in Germany, right? And it's branching yep. out to the rest of the world. So what are it what is. are your plans now for the U.S. market? I'm assuming that's the next big market to tackle. Yep. Uh, so we uh, got our first uh, clients in uh, in the U.S. And that's uh, definitely, yeah, I mean, uh, Western Europe and um, uh, the U.S. are for many platforms uh, to go to. Uh, uh, markets, especially if that's uh, if one of those countries is your if it's your home country, U.S. is a big focus. Uh, was uh, we already started uh, there this year um, uh, or twenty twenty one last year, and this year twenty twenty two will be a big focus here. We'll have uh, uh, we already had an Excite event uh, there last year. I think we'll have one or two uh, Excite events there next year. Uh, for context, Excite is the, the, the Spiker version of uh, of Magento Imagine. If uh, if that's uh, if that helps you uh, with uh, with context, um, so that's what we're definitely focusing on. And, and but for me personally, uh, like I said, one aspect that I find important is to grow that developer base. And and specifically for that, I think it's uh, even more important to be uh, present or at least visible in countries that are not Western Europe and, and, and the US. Because there are a lot of development communities in like South America, in uh, Africa, uh, in, in Asia, Indonesia, India. And that's, those are typical markets where marketing or sales is not active or not active yet, or not as active in, in, uh, as in Western Europe and, uh, and, and the US. So that's gonna be a fun challenge for, for me and my team. Um, to to see how can how we how we can vi- get visibility uh, specifically in those markets, but yeah, in, in terms of sales, uh, we're growing really fast in uh, in the US right now. I think that's uh, fastest growth rate. Um, yeah, so it's going to be definitely a big one for 2022. Tell us the type of merchant that would be uh, a good fit for Spriker. Um, <laughs> uh, that that will be the the customer. Uh, like I said, that has a sophisticated business model, and that is a tricky term, I think, because I, I've met a lot of. I've also worked agency side, and every customer thinks they have a sophisticated business model. <laughs> uh, so that's that's always uh, up for for discussion. Uh, but a typical, uh, I think, the best suited, uh, like we just said, with with B two B and marketplace, those are definitely uh, the customers that, that uh, would be a better fit for Spryker than I think B2C, although we do have some B2C clients uh, that have more sophisticated models. So if if that requires more customization um, than than your standard shop, that's definitely a good one. Uh, Maybe maybe good to mention uh, for context that um, uh, Spryker is um, a PaaS solution. It was on-prem before that we had on-prem, we still have some on-prem customers. Uh, but uh, we only sell uh, the PaaS solution uh, right now, so platform as a service, and um, uh, which means uh, we host everything, but there's still a lot of customization uh, that you can still do, that you can either have an agency for, we have a nice partner network, or, or that you can do in-house if you have a, a development uh, team in-house. So, you know, I think that PaaS solution, and just to educate our audience, a PaaS means that it is a, a single installation, but it is all is hosted by the vendor. So you're hosting the platform, you're supporting the base code, right? But it's a single, in, but it's not shared. It's not an instance that's shared like a SaaS solution. 
It's not shared with yeah. thousands of people. How do you then... And you, you, and you can customize it. You can build on top of that uh, compared to with like a SaaS solution uh, where you can customize some things through settings. But if it's not in the settings, then you're done. Yeah, and I think the big difference there is the only way to customize that is to build an application that's sitting outside of the application that would con connect via an API. You can't build it directly into the software. Yeah, and uh, a nice addition to that is that uh, we're going to release, uh, I think it's going to be uh, Q2. I think that was uh, announced, I hope. <laughs> uh, that in Q2, we will uh, release uh, our um, uh, SDK and uh, AOP. That's um, uh, the application, uh, the, the app platform, basically, uh, that we will have. Uh, so then we're going to have our own marketplace, our own app store, uh, for things to uh, connect with uh, Spryker. So then we can have a shared database of whatever you want to connect. If you want to connect your um, um, your email, your CRM, your ERP to Spryker, uh, you can do that. And, and um, I think that's, that's especially interesting because a lot of things in Spryker are uh, interchangeable, right? So it's, it's what Gartner calls um, uh, package business uh, capabilities. Uh, PBCs, uh, which basically means that everything in Spryker, it's, it's a collection of those package business capabilities um, and that, that's talk to each other through an API. So if you want to, for example, uh, remove uh, the, the, uh, or use your own checkout, uh, you can remove Spryker's checkout and use a third-party checkout or your own checkout. Um, and that's different elements in Spryker have that. Um, uh, we have... Um, I don't know the counts, but we have several uh, PBCs that consist of uh, several um, um, uh, hundreds of modules. You can just uh, swap them out, and especially with the AOP, that will be really interesting because then you can uh, it's going to be relatively well even more easy uh, to do so. So, going back to the the pass model, um, yeah. one of the complaints with the Magento version of pass is that it it it, it doesn't necessarily save the client any money on on maintenance because you basically basically you're hosting it on magento but they they'll help support your core but they won't do anything else than answer support tickets so is spryker taking any different approach to that do they are they doing some of the core updates on the code itself that's a good question, and I, I don't really, I haven't worked with uh, uh, Magento's past version, so I don't really know how to compare it uh, uh, to that. Um, but yeah, the, the I mean, uh, the Spryker core um, uh, is maintained, and it's uh, um, it's the same for everyone, and, and you can uh, then choose to update it uh, for you, yes or no, uh, for all the different modules, and uh, there are hundreds. I think we're currently over a thousand modules uh, of, of Spryker itself. Uh, they're all versions uh, and you can you can choose uh, to update those whenever uh, whatever works for you. Uh, you can uh, you can of course ideally update them all <laughs> uh, when they come out uh, and that's then that's on, on a rolling basis. So uh, I think on average I heard someone say that on average we have like 10 releases a day. So um, um, 
that's something um, um, definitely that's that's being maintained and that you can um, um, benefit from. So the I, I know that speaking to Mike Mikel earlier in the year, he talked a lot about the B2B version and then the scalability and the robustness of the platform. Maybe tell, talk to us a little bit about the type of client that would look at B2B and skew counts and things like that. Oh yeah, uh, in terms of uh, <laughs> skew counts, yeah. I mean, we have we have those extreme um, examples, I guess. And, and uh, last year at the uh, at the, the Excite conference, um, we had one uh, company. Uh, they have uh, over 550 million SKUs uh, in their Spryker store, which I find uh, mind-boggling. Uh, that's that's uh, that's very impressive. Um, and yes, people order there on a regular basis. <laughs> it's not just sitting there, uh, but they uh, they sell uh, uh, electronic parts. It's um, and, and the case study is actually on the website if you're interested. It's uh, uh, it's sourceability, and uh, it's the name of the of the platform. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think um, in terms of. And that's that's why I think uh, Spryker is very interesting to me personally. Uh, I, I always find it, and that's already something I found with with Magenta. I found the B two B sides those uh, those clients always way more interesting <laughs> than the B two C sides um, because of those uh, those tricky business models and and the tricky um, details that you need to get right in in B two B. I mean, B two C can be hard with a lot of customers. Just uh, a sheer volume of, of of customers. If you have a large shop, and that's that, those customers, the customer behavior change can change fast. But with B two B, you also have this this um, yeah, the details that you need to get right. All those specific um, things for your business. I was, um, uh, for example, working with um, a company that did prints, and they printed basically on everything, um, and. That means that, well, if you print on everything, it's really hard to get templates for for printing. Uh, I don't know. You, you had, they had umbrellas. They had uh, different uh, uh, cards. You can mugs, uh, pens, everything. All the merchant you can think of, they, they would print it. Um, and which which meant that it was basically all, almost all manual. I mean, for for the the pens, they had some some automation. Uh, but basically everything else was was done manually, which is mind blowing. But then you need to keep in mind when when someone orders it, uh, they had their local supply uh, was in the Netherlands. Uh, but if if you didn't need a, uh, a a speed delivery, so if you need a speed delivery, they would would do that in the in the Netherlands, and then you'd have um, um, an extra fee for that. But if um, if you would want to deliver it like in in one and a half two weeks, they would actually ship all the stock that was in the Netherlands, uh, put it on a, uh, on a truck, drove it to Poland, and then there people would, would uh, unpack everything, uh, print it, put it back in a truck, drive it back to the Netherlands. And because it was so labor intensive, that was actually cheaper to do that than just to print it in the Netherlands, which again is mind blowing. But then you need a system, a backend, <laughs> <laughs> that supports crazy shit like that, um, and 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 that's what I find interesting. And those those clients, if that, those are the things 
that are holding your business back uh, or, or, or things your system is holding you back on. I think that's, uh, those are great cases for Spryker <laughs> yeah. uh, to support you on. Yeah, same example. We worked with an eyeglass company that had the same idea where they, they part of the eyeglasses would get done in, in a factory in one part of the city, and then it would get shipped across town to put the lenses in the frames or whatever, and then they get shipped to the retail yep. store or get shipped back and then then get shipped to the client directly if that's if that's the the um if that's the model that they had and it, that was um uh i know that for magento that, that turned out to be very complicated um but yeah so i can see how that would from from a um yeah. a standpoint of complexity and from a, a platform where you that's where you the necessity yeah. of having a platform that you yeah. can modify and make your own essentially exactly and if you on top of that want to do um uh, what we call unified commerce so have have your terminals in your stores your physical stores where people can um, can order stuff or clients can order stuff uh, locally and have that connected into your system uh, complexity uh, rises quickly um and also, uh, I mean, things like uh, in the beginning with, with Magento, I mean, Magento is fixed right now, but in, in Magento, uh, in the beginning, it was al already really hard to have multiple warehouses. Uh, there's also, it was also not a, not a thing. And, and luckily, Spryker fixed that from, <laughs> from the beginning. That's, that's built in, right? That's, that's something um, we have, we have a lot of clients uh, that do a, a, a multiple hundreds, millions of uh, uh, revenue. That's the things they they want to have fixed and expect from a uh, from a platform to be, yeah, to have as a default. Um, there's a there's a whole bunch of buzzwords floating around in the community on monolith and and microservices and micro blah 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 PWA. Where is uh, Spryker sitting in on that? And I guess from a technology standpoint, is it easier for a, a customer to get into it and not worry so much about the technology, or are they going to have to not worry? But you know, there's going to be a certain amount of development needed to get things running. Uh, well, it's a it's a pass platform, so so there will always be uh, some uh, some development needed um, um, to get it working. Although we do have. Uh, we do have like a, there, there's a front end that you can use if that's uh, that's what you want, but you can also add your own uh, front end. Um, it will need to be connected to to the data that you have, or the data that you have needs to be imported. So those are always things uh, that that need to happen. And yeah, there are a lot of uh, buzzwords, and it can be um, uh, complex, can get complex uh, really fast. I mean, I'm still struggling with it myself. And and honestly, the first time I heard the term monolith was was with the open letter. <laughs> Uh, in the Magento community uh, last summer, they started complaining about um, how things were going and um, partially, rightfully so. Um, and that's where, where I, uh, well, I, I probably encountered the term monolith before, but just d disregarded it. And then, <laughs> but that was the first point I thought, I need to look into this. And then, oh, this is what they mean. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, for, for uh, Spryker, I think Spryker is more something um, that's... Um, um, often listed in, in the Mach uh, uh, corner of things. Uh, Mach standing for uh, microservices, API first, uh, cloud something, and uh, cloud native and, and, uh, and headless. Um, so those are um, also four <laughs> nice 
Yeah, excellent <laughs> terms. Uh, so, but that's that's like a, a term that people use often. Uh, we we we're not uh, fully uh, on board with uh, the microservices uh, part of that uh, that equation. Um, uh, Spryker believes more in that what I just mentioned with with the package business capabilities. Uh, microservices first would mean that everything is a microservice. Um, that well, I, that leads to a lot of overhead very quickly. Uh, and that's, that's not needed for most companies. Um, and there, there are always exceptions, um, but it's not something that you'd benefit from. And then, uh, on the other end of the spectrum is the, <laughs> the monolith, uh, like, uh, Magento was, uh, at the, at the beginning or still is, uh, mainly, uh, and then, uh, Spryker sits, uh, sits in the middle, uh, which we find, uh, very comfortable. And, um, most clients seem to be for, for most clients, it seemed to be a nice balance between um, the flexibility uh, that you that you would get with uh, with uh, API first and and microservices, uh, but have those packaged in things that make sense for the business. I mean, package business capabilities. It's not a developer term. It's 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 it's, it's business. It's a business term. So, uh, like I said, you can have a, a package business capability for uh, you can you can have a CRM or an ERP or your checkouts or your front end. Um, those can be different different capabilities uh, of your system, um, and, and for, for clients that just makes more sense, that language makes more sense, and the way at least Spryker is built, uh, it also um, prevents the overhead that you that you would get with only using microservices. Right, and I like that term uh, package business capabilities. Um, yeah. It gives the, I mean, I think it, it what the idea behind that is that. You don't. There, there's going to be a, a lot of solutions that would apply, but you don't necessarily have to do the customization. But if you need yeah. to, you still can. Um, so clients or, or merchants can feel better about making their solution work at a lower cost, or at least a, a lower in, in initial investment to get them up and running. And, and uh, I mean, the Spryker is also not not targeting uh, um, the, the local bakery, right? Um, <laughs> uh, let's be fair. I mean, it, 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 we're, we're targeting uh, larger enterprise businesses uh, mainly, um, and and those usually have either an agency uh, or local, uh, their own development team that that can handle this, and uh, that's also where. I think Spryker shines. Uh, a lot of developers love working with Spryker uh, because it's so maintainable uh, for them. They only need to focus on those extra uh, things, the, the exceptions, basically, uh, for their business and not necessarily maintaining uh, the system behind it. That's also not something... I mean, I'm not a developer, uh, but a recurring daily tasks is not something necessarily that, you, that you're looking forward to for doing, for most people at least. I'm generalizing here, but most people... Uh, the, the new things that those are the challenging things. That's what you want to do. What most developers want to do, and uh, that's that's what we enable. Yeah, and, and on those uh, package business capabilities, one thing I I, uh, uh, I think need to mention here that's not something that, that Spryker invented or something. It's a term uh, developed by uh, by Gartner. Uh, Spryker was also uh, uh, they recognized Spryker as a, as a visionary in their uh, Magic Quadrant uh, last year. Um, and it's only the second year that we that, that Spark was even listed in the Magic Quadrant, um, um, and we're already uh, well, we were Spark was the the platform uh, we moved the the most distance <laughs> in 
in a positive direction <laughs> within that uh, within that quadrant. So that was really nice. But also, if if you look at that quadrant, I mean, the market changed so much compared to when we started with Magento, right? I mean, like I said, with Magento we had OS Commerce, we <laughs> we had Virtual Mart, and and there was Magento. Um, and we had a couple of uh, like Intershop or uh, those kind of uh, more um, uh, commercial packages. Uh, but right now, the Magic Quadrant, the, the market is so different. The, the Magic Quadrant already contains like 16, 16 17 systems. And that's like the, the creme de la creme from, from what Gardner selectors are out of right now, like hundreds of solutions that you as a company uh, can pick. So that's uh, that's a huge challenge, I think, for well, both developers, both and agencies and clients to see what on earth do I need to uh, uh, pick here? Uh, I mean, a lot of, we saw a lot of, you included, uh, agencies that select a platform, right? And you need to stick to that. And that's what you invest in. And uh, uh, that's what you uh, then uh, hope yeah, <laughs> sticks hope around for, for long enough. Uh, but also in, in that, I think, and of course, I am definitely biased in this. And in that, I also think Spryker is, is positioned really well because it's uh, uh, so open uh, with the API, with those package business capabilities um, that is relatively easy to adopt for you as an agency or a developer or a client um, that it fits really well with uh, with whatever you have right now uh, with the, with the, the adjacent tools for e-commerce that you, that you need to connect to that. Um, because it focuses only on the on you um, bringing uh, development to the table for for everything that's specific to your business and enabling that, um, yeah, I think that that positions it really well. So um, we have five ten minutes left here. What what are you excited now for twenty twenty two? What do you see coming on the e commerce horizon on the technology horizon? Do you think you know? I think one thing you mentioned is that there's so many more. Uh, technology players in that magic quadrant and it's you would think that we'd be seeing some more consolidation but it's almost as though we're splitting it between SaaS, pass and on-prem and then everybody's there's more of them right uh, yeah so what, what do you see happening in 2022 what's exciting <laughs> it's getting more and more yeah <laughs> it is very exciting well i i do think uh uh and, and i had actually i had the same uh thing with magento i, I never looked at other platforms and, and, and looked at, oh, that's competition. We need to fight uh, those other platforms. I mean, uh, apparently the e-commerce e market is huge and we all uh, get to play a part in that. And, and there's there's place for almost all of us, or at least a lot of us. Uh, I mean, there is place for, for a Magento and there is place for, for a shopware. Uh, there are a, a lot of business cases uh, that fit uh, with those. And we don't necessarily need to battle each other and um, um, in, in a ring and uh, blood flying everywhere. That's, that's, that's not really needed, I think. I think we can all focus on that, the thing that we are really good at. And um, um, I mean, looking at how fast Spryker is going uh, in terms of uh, clients and, and employees, I mean, I'm not worried. That's a very exciting thing to be at. And I'm actually, for the past, for every, ever since I've, well, it works basically. Um, I had this dream uh, once working for like a SaaS company, like, like Dropbox or Evernote. Those were the companies I thought <laughs> like 15 years ago, that would be really cool to work. So I have a, a single 
piece of software and you can optimize that and uh, both from a usability perspective but also uh, yeah, you have this endless um, nearly en endless um, uh, world markets in front of you that you can that you can conquer that, that will be really exciting and that's that's what I am excited about this is my first time uh, working uh, on, the, on the platform side um, and, and and doing this and and um, applying um, my my experience with with community building for the first time in in actually a professional way. I mean, they're actually paying me for this now, <laughs> so I'm, it's basically my dream job that I've been doing on the side for for 13 years now. So I'm very very excited about that, and and it, it's a, it's a great uh, spot to be in. Um, and with with Spriker, it's um, um, it's very. Uh, they're, they're remote first. I mean, I've been been working remote first for, well, at least pre-corona, but like like four or five years. Uh, but it's it's so natural to the company. It's uh, everyone is, is is remote first. They have uh, with uh, unlimited holidays, uh, so uh, that, that's always nice to have. I mean, I, I'm working I work from the Netherlands. I don't have to complain. We already have like 25 holidays by default, so nothing to complain there. But it's still nice to have, especially. Uh, we have two, uh, two kids, like like I do. Sometimes you need, you just need some extra because they're uh, uh, ill at home uh, again, and um, and and building that community. And like I said, what I what I really enjoyed uh, with the Magento community, bringing people together, especially for the first time. That's uh, we're going to have a lot of community firsts uh, next year. Um, and, and, and the awkward moments, the recognition, uh, the, 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 that exciting starting point, that vibe that you see where people first meet, meet each other, uh, and then build businesses based on that. I mean, I, I clearly remember the first me Magento organized in the Netherlands, um, where like two developers, uh, came together, met each other for the first time. And now they have this huge Magento business that they sold a couple of years uh, ago. Uh, and, and that's happened multiple times and, and that's, that's really exciting to me to see that happening and, and to, um, to be at the start of that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, so I like the idea of having an MMA, so, uh, MMA cage match, but you'd call it Magento meet Magento <laughs> association cage match. And we'd get Spriker <laughs> yep. and Shopware in there and we'd, we'd just get some, um, we just have a, a throwdown and, and see who wins. That's, that's a, that's one way to look at it, right? <laughs> that's one way to look at it like i said i don't necessarily need a cage match i think we're i think we can all uh we're all in e-commerce so that's that's a really good choice to begin with and i think uh if we play it right we will all win big so it would be a buy down instead of a throw down i think right <laughs> maybe yeah um so we as as we close out i always give uh, people an opportunity to do a shameless plug what what we shameless plug is just you can promote anything you'd like uh, even a local school or charity or whatever it is that you're you're thinking about today I feel like I've been shamelessly plugging Spriker for the last at least twenty minutes already. So uh, um, yeah, if you want me to continue with that, we have uh, we of course looking for a lot of people. So uh, as, as everyone in the in the in the e-commerce uh, sphere is. So if you're interested in in that and uh, working for a great European employer, um, have a look at uh, Spriker.com. 
uh, hiring uh, people worldwide, like I said, we're remote first uh, and work from anywhere. So uh, take your pick. If you're, if you're interested, uh, definitely take a look there. And uh, well, on a personal note, we started out with uh, Zero. I have my podcast on uh, on Zero still. Uh, it's a weekly uh, podcast interviewing uh, experts uh, in the field. And that's on Zero.cafe. Uh, so uh, have a look there. And um, you're probably already into podcasts anyway, since you're listening to this. <laughs> So might as well subscribe there. Too, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, we all need to share our subscribers and get people to listen <laughs> more uh, and learn more. I think that the, the at first, I mean, first, this should be education. This should be learning about other platforms. This is not about Magento or whatever. This is a place where we can learn about what other platforms are doing. And for my personal, for 2022, I'm super interested in CRO. And I have seen, so to speak, seen the light and and why that's so important for clients so i applaud you for what you've done over the years and just as a plug too you did organize the first meet magento right way back in 2009 yep. january 27 2009 wow yeah <laughs> that's amazing and it's it's a that it's it's been such a fantastic journey for both community building which has been the most important part for me um, because that's when I got introduced right about that same time. That's when I, I got under, introduced to Magento. And I think that yep. community is what has dri driven the Magento to where it is. And you have to give a, a lot of, um, a lot of, um, kudos, so to speak to the community for helping move that along. And it, right now there's a lot of, um, a lot of communication, that isn't and is happening in the Magento community. So, yeah, yeah I do think. I mean, community is a, is a huge asset for for you as a company. What, whatever you're doing as a uh, as a company, community is one of those things that is the hardest to copy. I mean, as others can copy your product, they can copy your servers, your pricing model, your business model, but it's really hard to copy a, a community. And I think that's that's also the, one of the big reasons. Uh, Magento is still so big, even with all those comp uh, the competition that's out there in, in that uh, uh, 14, 15 year that Magento is existing, um, something better probably has come along. <laughs> uh, and, and, and maybe it, it has um, for that specific uh, uh, business model. Um, but, but transitioning all those agencies away from, from you or the developers to learn something new or clients to switch platforms. I mean, clients don't switch platforms every year. Um, uh, there's, there's a time delay in that. And, and that gives them, that gives you the opportunity to, to improve your product again, because that you have that community, that commitment from people to you, uh, in the company. And that's, um, yeah, I think, I mean, with, with, um, uh, Adobe taking over Magento right now. They're well, they're not investing in the name Magento anymore. That's <laughs> I think that's abundantly clear. <laughs> uh, with uh, uh, removing the name from the website, the logos, uh, and, and Magento.com now redirecting to uh, to the Adobe website. Um, but but even for the for the product, um, it's it, yeah, it, it's hard to see uh, a lot of investment from from Adobe. What we what we hoped would happen uh, when they when they took over. Uh, but still, everyone's using Magento, right? And it's really hard. I mean, you as a business owner, you own a Magento agency. It's really hard to have everyone trained on a different different platform. That's not necessarily something you're looking forward to. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> such, that's so true. Yeah, 
And uh, so community is, is a huge asset for, for you as a community and, and for you as a, as a business. So, and, and that's community then in the broad sense, uh, sense of the word. It can be, can be individuals, developers, the companies that, that are attached to you and, and committed to you. Yeah. Uh, Guido uh, Janssen. I think I got your name right there. Guido Janssen. Um, <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being here today. Guido is the global business and technology evangelist for Spryker. I look forward to seeing you in 2022 in person somewhere in the world. Hopefully, yes. In the U.S. That'd or in Europe, nice. um, maybe even at a race. We can do a race together. Uh, we did. We got through this whole episode without talking about running. Uh, next time, we'll do more of that. Uh, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Brent. Thank you. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.